Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a pleasure to be back on the air once again. For back-to-back weeks, I'm I'm back. Yeah, last time it took uh, five years for me to miss a show. Well, well, <laughs> I didn't miss a show in between the last one, so that's good. I, I was able to go back-to-back. Uh, unfortunately, the Vikings couldn't pull off back-to-back wins, or should we say three straight wins, I suppose. But uh, back-to-back wins with me hosting Purple Mafia. Uh, well, it's going to be a typical three-segment show. Game review, previewing the Kansas City Chiefs game, which of course will be after the bye, and I will not be recording during the bye. Uh, and then, of course, segment number three is the fan interaction, Facebook and Twitter. Shall we jump right into this one? Yep, let's let's jump into it. Ah, oh, boy. Hmm. The Minnesota Vikings losers today, 23-20. to 20. And no, I'm not emphasizing the word losers on the game, though there were certain frustrating aspects to it and certain really positive aspects to the game. At the end of the day, 2-2 two two sucks compared to 3-1. and one. That's the part that's painful and the part that's disappointing. The Minnesota Vikings played a very, very, very positive game today, for the most part. For the most part, but there were multiple instances that took place during this game that would have had the Vikings in the victory column and not the loss column. One of them starts off with Blair Walsh missing a 38-yarder pretty early on, which would have put the Vikings on the board. First, it would have had the Vikings leading the game. Ended up with the Vikings uh, trailing, unfortunately. Or should we say, actually, it would have had the Vikings tying the game up, but uh, things went quite different after that. Uh, very good defense is starting out the game. Kind of had a feeling it was going to head that direction. Yeah, it should have been a tie game. What am I saying? Ultimately, Denver taking that 3 nothing lead midway through the first quarter. The defense is back and forth, back and forth and such. Offenses couldn't really get things going. Teddy Bridgewater pressured the entire game. In fact, he was sacked 100,000 times today. No, it wasn't quite that many. It was officially seven times. It felt like 17 I mean, it was like every second he was getting rushed. And a lot of the times where it looked like he was getting sacked, he was throwing the ball away at the last second. He was basically getting sacked. And, um, well, ultimately, in a lot of ways, the game did turn out how I expected. It would be fairly close, and we would be very pissed off at the end of the game because the Denver Broncos' defense is chippy. It's it's tough. And whenever defense is really good, it's it's it appears to be chippy. And that's the way I view it. It's really, really frustrating to lose in that kind of manner. The way things turned out today, ultimately, again, one sack after another. It's like you want to blame it on the offensive line. And yeah, the pass protection was hideous most of the time. But at the same time, (laughs) Teddy Bridgewater did have a lot of time to throw the football, which did help. It did. It helped him have a pretty solid game today. Ultimately, he was 40, uh, excuse me, 27 of 41. Completion percentage of 66, 269 yards. No interceptions. No interceptions, but uh, we can't say he was turnover-free. We'll get back to that uh, at the end of the review for obvious reasons. Um, Adrian Peterson couldn't get things going, ultimately. Vikings uh, offense had to start off with short passes, kind of like the the New England Patriots going against the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl. And no, I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying... A similar approach when you're going against the top defense in the league. You start kind of throwing short passes and try attempt to establish the run. Attempt early on and see what happens, what works. Ultimately, the passing game worked more, more <laughs> than 
the running game, except for one, with the exception of one really, really good play on the on the running side of the ball, which was not all Adrian Peterson, though it, it helped that it was Adrian versus someone else, that's for sure. <laughs> which is why I'm bouncing all over the place. And that's kind of how this show is going to be probably for the rest of the time, isn't it? I'm going to be bouncing all over the place because there's always so many things to get to. And you start jumping into the next item when you're on one item. And to me, Teddy Bridgewater is the item of the day, ultimately. I thought he was fantastic the entire game. And the fact that he survived so much of a pass rush throughout the entire game. The fact that he survived an offensive line that really wasn't that good. I mean, Matt Khalil was eh. And, of course, TJ Clemmings is going against... (laughs) going against uh, one of the best uh, players in the NFL, one of the best defensive linemen in football. Just an absolute tough, tough game overall. Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, those guys were all over the place the entire game. Crazy, they wound up with only two sacks, but they must have had like 9,000 hurries throughout the game. Only two sacks between the two. T.J. Ward with two sacks in the game by himself, which drove us all crazy. Of course, I want to bounce all over the place, and I'm already doing that. Um... Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater surviving under heavy duress throughout the entire game. Completing passes to Mike Wallace on the sidelines and such. Mostly on the sidelines, there was one really nice slant play, which is good for about, well, I guess it was 18 yards. I thought it was 21, but uh, it's 18, I suppose. Uh, Adam Thielen was extremely valuable throughout the game. Stefan Diggs made his NFL debut, and did he ever? <laughs> Catching the first pass thrown his direction. In fact, he was tied with Mike Wallace for the most targets in the game. So I think Teddy Bridgewater likes to... I think it's safe to say Teddy Bridgewater is comfortable throwing the ball to Stefan Diggs, despite the fact it's the best defense in football. Um, Vikings establishing the pass most of the way throughout this game, and Teddy Bridgewater answering the call most of the time when he wasn't on his back. <laughs> or trying to hurry the ball, whatever it was, trying to hurry a pass. Very positive what I saw from Teddy Bridgewater today. More positive than he was last week, to be quite honest, against uh, <laughs> against that defense, which wasn't as good as the Denver Broncos, that's for sure. The San Diego Chargers, of course. Better uh, pass defense than run defense. Apparently the, uh, well, let's just leave it as it is. Teddy Bridgewater woke up and studied when he needed to. Peyton Manning was all right throughout the game, kind of off and on. The Vikings ultimately forcing him into two interceptions. The play by Anthony Barr, he tricked Peyton Manning. He he made Peyton Manning think he was going a different direction. Manning threw the ball right where right where Anthony Barr wanted him to, and it ended up being a play that would really change the momentum of the game. I mean, heck, just like our pastor said in church today, how momentum can change so quickly in a football game, just like it can in, in your spiritual life and such, and your your everyday life and such. It's literally the same thing. I mean, how frustrated were we when the Vikings made an impressive drive down the field, trailing 13 nothing? Okay, well, let's make this 13-7. to We wind up, well, we wind up making the field goal. That's good, so Blair Walsh feeling a little better after that one. And then to have Anthony Barr goat, one of the best quarterbacks in football, despite the fact he can be mistake-prone, despite the fact he's past his prime, despite this, despite that, despite he's not clutch in the playoffs. Yeah, we know that. Um, But he is clutch in the regular season, much to our chagrin. Um, Despite all that, goaded him into a interception that almost was almost able to return for a touchdown, but then Teddy Bridgewater ultimately completing the pass to Mike Wallace. Just a wonderful turn of events. I mean, how 
how can you not be happy with how things were headed at that point? Yeah, I mean, a completely different game. Boom, we're, we're back in this thing, 13-10. to 10, 12 seconds remain, Denver couldn't do anything, and off to the halfway go, blah, blah, blah. Really cool, but then eh, the Vikings couldn't get anywhere, and then down go the Broncos, uh, down the field, blah, blah, blah. Oh, goody. 20-10, to 10, just like that, so the Vikings down by 10 again. Seemed like like five seconds ago, the Vikings were down by, t- by 13, now we're down by 10 again, and we can't get anywhere the whole third quarter, 10 to... 20 to 10, but luckily the Vikings defense keeping the Vikings just barely in it. Vikings keeping the Vikings, yeah. Well, the defense keeping the purple, the Vikings, in the game. Yeah, which is fantastic. That's, well, one of, one of the reasons we had a chance to win this one because the defense only allowed three points the rest of the game after that early third quarter touchdown. Payne Manning hitting Owen Daniels. Again, much to our massive chagrin. Um... Xavier Rhodes snake bit with uh, pass interference calls all game. Holding, pass interference, all that. Four penalties all on Xavier Rhodes after the concussion last week. Wonderful to see him back in there. Made some nice plays, especially late in the game. Stupid penalty calls, though. And uh, some of them, I think, were awfully ticky-tack. And again, it didn't seem like the refs were on our side today. And it seemed like it never really does seem like they are. Especially in close games, you get so frustrated, you get so competitive, you don't want to believe that you, you do anything wrong and that the refs are screwing you. I don't know, sometimes it felt like that out there. Sometimes it did. Overall, the Vikings so clutch, though, ultimately throughout the game. Completing on uh, two fourth down uh, plays, ultimately. And um, the second one, see the first one helped lead to what ended up being the, the field goal by Blair Walsh long ago and far away. In the, or, well, late in the second quarter, almost the end of the second quarter, which put the Vikings on the board. A drive that could have been a lot better than it ended up being, but eh, well, we got something out of it, something. And again, we will remember the three points that Blair Walsh missed much earlier in the game from 38 yards out. We'll remember it very well. <clears throat> Vikings get uh, in a fourth and one, and a on a drive that's going fairly well. And a lot of people view this as a situation. You know what? We have to go for this. We're we finally crossed the 50-yard line again. It's been forever. As um, Teddy Bridgewater's gaining that poise, hitting passes to Mike Wallace, Stefan Diggs, and Adam Thielen, which is basically was the theme most of the day today, pretty much, including a nine-yard completion to Cordero Patterson on this particular drive. And the next thing you know, and it was on this drive, it's a fourth and one. The Denver Broncos getting sacks again on Teddy Bridgewater, making us making things not look so good after they were so positive with some nice completions. Bridgewater pushed backwards. Adrian Peterson can't get anywhere. And then, <laughs> and then it's fourth and one. Okay, it's going to be a handoff, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully he can power his way through, or dive, or whatever it is. But no, it ends up being one of the plays of the entire game. <laughs> it's Joe Berger, 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 whatever you want to call him. <laughs> and Brandon Fusco pushed the defenders aside. Literally, part the Red Sea. One went left, one went right. And... Off Adrian went. I mean, that was it. Boom. <laughs> and he's loose. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we heard that. Yeah, of course we heard that today on KFAN and other uh, Viking Network stations. But KFAN, the flagship station of that, they don't need a plug for me. That's for damn sure. I could use a plug from them, though, if they'd be willing to do that. Purple Mafia, available on iTunes, right? <laughs> but no, they literally just pushed the Broncos aside, part of the Red Sea, as they say. And Adrian just ran for 48 yards with very... Little resistance. Once he got to the secondary, what are they going to do? They're too far away, and they're not going to stop that freight train. Forget about it, Adrian. 
touchdown, baby. Yes, sir. He would have wound up with about 30 yards or so, if not for that play. But <laughs> we'll take it. He winds up with a 5.1 yards per carry because of that play. 48 yards, scamper, one touchdown. Adrian back in the end zone again. 16 rushes only because, of course, we were trailing most of the way. And the passing game was working better than the running game, except for that play. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater scampering multiple times to con- convert third downs or at least cont- uh, attempt to. And uh, it was very helpful throughout the game. It actually was only three plays, but it felt like more than that. All of them were huge, including one of them was a short little dive. The other significantly longer after that, leading to clutch first downs. Teddy Bridgewater sacrificing his body late and, I mean, throughout the game, putting the Vikings in field goal range, which ultimately tied the game up with 5-11 left. Had us all believing. Uh, Oh, boy. And then Peyton Manning had a long, sustained drive. And referees were just, you know, they're not going to bail you out. Holding calls, this and that. Pass interference call again on Xavier Rhodes. Uh, Earlier in the game, there was a face mask call during that uh, drive that ended up being just a field goal, unfortunately, on Mike Wallace, which annoyed Justin Mayer Henry, as we'll get to that fan interaction shortly, or, well, a little bit later now because it's the third segment. But, um, yeah, because... Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> he was being face masked as well. Yeah, quite, quite unfortunate, quite frustrating by one of the great uh, <laughs> cornerbacks of the Denver Broncos, of course. Uh, I mean, un- unbelievable frustration, ultimately, for all of us here in Minnesota on that one. Um, and, of course, even more frustrating, though, down down the line when the Broncos were completing passes. Peyton Manning looked a lot better on this drive. He wasn't going to make a mistake this time around, even though he threw an interception, which helped lead to what we thought was going to help us win the football game, but it got us back in it. That being a Peyton Manning, but uh, he wasn't going to throw an interception at this point. And ultimately, the Broncos make a field goal, and the Vikings offense just can't finish the job, unfortunately. That was that was when the call was against uh, Wallace, and... We couldn't get it. We couldn't get far enough, and then still a chance. Though things are okay. I mean, still, it's not like it's fourth down or anything. It's third down, and then and then the ball's knocked out of Teddy Bridgewater's hands with only 29 seconds left, and that's it. All the Broncos have got to do is kneel down, and that was the end of the game. And unfortunate, Teddy Bridgewater looked like he looked like we still had a chance, even though that pass rush of Denver was endless, relentless. It seemed like it was never going to stop. And it never really did, and ultimately that's what won the game for the Denver Broncos. That defensive line, <laughs> Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware, defensive front, we should say, because it's a 3-4 defense. <laughs> Von Miller, uh, man, it's just unbelievable, ultimately, throughout the game. Just unbelievable. Pressuring uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and I knew it was going to frustrate Teddy Bridgewater, but he did. they didn't go him into a turnover until the final play of the game. With a, with a forced fumble. Um, again, quite unfortunate. But uh, a very, very well-played game by the Minnesota Vikings. And we, we, we heard on the fan line guys coming out, you know, on fan line, 1500 and such. I didn't go to the KFAN one because I'm not a fan of uh, Corey Coe. Don't like Phil Mackey either, but I like 1500 a little more. I, I really miss... Uh, I wish it could be Judd Zulgan and Mike Morris. That would be, that'd be better. Uh, Morris is okay. I like Zulgan more. Uh, I like Mackie the least, but Corey Cove to me is the most condescending of all of them. I, I, I just, mm, 
Can't listen to that guy. So I don't even go over to K-Fan anymore for uh, any post-game stuff. Um, but uh, the Collins, to get to the freaking point, where it was funny how it started off with a couple guys saying how disappointed they were. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, you can't win with a quarterback with batting gloves. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is, <laughs> aside from the defense being pretty clutch with, with multiple interceptions on uh, on uh, Peyton Manning, and just keeping the Vikings close enough. That's basically what they did, even though the defense wasn't perfect or anything. They kept the Vikings in the game. They were very good. Um, aside from that, Teddy Bridgewater is the only reason the Vikings had a chance to win this game. The only reason they had 20 points in this game. Okay, that's not true. Adrian Peterson had that run with the offensive line there. But Teddy Bridgewater was the straw that stirred the pot in this game. Or stirred the drink, stirred the pot, whatever the heck it is. He was absolutely fantastic in this game. And he outplayed Peyton Manning. And, yeah, come on now. You know I'm not the only person saying that. He outplayed Peyton Manning in this game. And he deserves a ton of credit. And that's why... Well, pardon me for that racket. (laughs) That is why Teddy Bridgewater is the Fran Tarkington Award winner for this week. As we're going to pass out the awards now. Fran Tarkington Award will go to Teddy Bridgewater for not really being phased throughout this entire game. He wasn't perfect, but he was about as good as you're going to expect against the best defense in football, having that pass rush come at him 100,000 miles an hour throughout the entire game. Okay, 100 miles an hour the entire game. Uh, Secondary, that's really good. And and I mean really good. And the guy was completing passes, putting him where he needed to be, and throwing the ball away when he needed to throw the ball away. Because there were situations he had to throw the ball away and not force a pass a la Warren Moon or Christian Ponder. And I, I, I know... Christian Ponder is a lot worse than Warren Moon, but Warren Moon, for a great player, he sure forced a lot of passes throughout his career. That's why he never won a playoff game. <gasps> Teddy Bridgewater is going to win a playoff game in his career. And he was, uh, he certainly looked like he could win a playoff game on the road. It was funny, though, how the uh, the callers, the first one started off with Bridgewater, can't win with wearing batting gloves and we're never going to win with a quarterback like that. Right, okay, <laughs> that was kind of funny. And then the second call was how we can't win on the road. I hear him to a point. I mean, the Vikings are not... I mean, they've had a pretty lousy history on the road. And it's been incredibly frustrating, even in the great seasons. Losing games on the road in Chicago. Pardon me, I got distracted there. Losing games on the road. Losing that game on the road in Chicago against a far inferior team back in 09. Helped cost the Vikings home field advantage in the in the, in the the NFC in 2009. It ultimately helped them lose. And then, of course... They couldn't win the game on the road in the NFC Championship game that year either. So, stuff like that. It goes even to, like, how good the Vikings were compared to, like, when they got worse. That they've struggled on the road historically for quite a few many years. And, ultimately, nobody's as good on the road as they are at home. With a few extremely rare exceptions. And that's not always a good thing if you can't win home games now, is it? <laughs> that's kind of weird when, the, when that kind of thing starts to happen. Um, but, uh, ultimately, Vikings played better today than a lot of us expected. They exceeded my expectations out there. And I am by far not a Kool-Aid drinker. I'm not drinking no grape Kool-Aid, purple Kool-Aid, or uh, of any type, or yellow, or whatever the heck it is, purple and gold Kool-Aid. I'm not drinking any of that. But they played extremely well today. And that's where the frustration comes in. I think they should have won this football game. <laughs> I think they should have won the game. <laughs> Seriously, uh, that Blair Walsh, just, just think about it. Blair Walsh missing the field goal on after a really good drive. You know, getting the first down and such on a fourth and one on a nice dive, and the Vikings completing or you know Bridgewater, the Vikings completing 
pass after pass during that drive. And for Blair Walsh to come up, to come up, whatever he was, way off on the kick, as usual, hmm, overcompensating for one of the mistakes he was making earlier in the year. Now he's missing on the other side. Um, I believe the left side of the screen versus the right early on, which is just annoying as hell. Um, having that take place, and then immediately after that, a kick return for a touchdown. <laughs> you know, do, does that make you feel good? Does it? <laughs> No, it, it just it makes you sick to, to your stomach. Excuse me, not a not a kick return, but a rush. Just handing the ball off to Ronnie Hillman, who broke loose for a seventy-two yard touchdown, all a la Adrian Peterson, but more like Adrian's play earlier in the week. And I called it a special teams touchdown. I don't know why I'm calling it that. It was just so quick; it might as well have been one. That, that's kind of why I'm calling it that. I do apologize. <laughs> it just came out that way. I I know it was a handoff to uh, Ronnie Hillman. Ultimately, because he's the, you know, he was uh, he was a, th- a thorn in the Viking side on multiple occasions, especially later in the game when he was running for those first downs, one after another. Uh, overall, dramatic game. That's why I'm bouncing all over the place. My emotions are mixed coming out of this one. Mixed because I think the Vikings should have won this game. And out there in Yahoo, those of you that vote on Yahoo who's going to win the game, 89% picked Denver, leaving Minnesota with only 11, and they would have been wrong. Blair Walsh missing that, and then the next play, how it was, it was a momentum turn type of situation. I think they could have won the game very easily. Maybe Bridgewater doesn't fumble. We ultimately go for a touchdown. Stuff, little nuances like that. Woulda, coulda, shoulda type stuff. Vikings easily could have won this game. Easily. And it's a it's a rotten shame. But uh, several positives, again, come out of it. The way the Vikings stood strong in this one, despite uh, going against the best defense in football and being on the road. Seeing guys like Adam Thielen continue to develop into a really solid, solid veteran that uh, Teddy Bridgewater can count on. Or not veteran, solid receiver that Teddy Bridgewater can count on. Only second year guy, really, ultimately. Um, Well, third year if you count his practice squad season. Mike Wallace and Teddy Bridgewater forming that chemistry. Eight catches with ten targets. And of course, Stefan Diggs, just his first game in the NFL. And he was absolutely fantastic. (laughs) Really happy with Stefan Diggs. Honorable mentions for the Fran Tarkenton Award are going to be Anthony Barr and Stefan Diggs. Just fantastic. I mean, really, really overall fantastic game for them. Uh, Eric Kendricks was really good as well, getting his first sack, and Brian Robison fishing in Peyton Manning. That was cool. Terrence Newman was really good. The veteran cornerback knocking passes away, getting in the way at the right time, right place. Overall game. They they don't show a pass deflect, but I sure saw him knocking the ball away. But I suppose it was because it was caught already, or almost caught, and then knocked away. Almost caught. I don't know. I I don't know why it's not showing up in there. That's kind of weird. Harrison Smith, of course, again with an interception. With no return, but, you know, he's going backwards catching it. So, (laughs) can't get mad at him for that. Linval Joseph was really good. Everson Griffin was called for a... uh, encroachment, that was a bummer, and it was at a semi-key point in the game, Vikings trying to get something done, but it's just the way it goes sometimes, you know, that's just how it goes, unfortunately, uh, Xavier Rhodes is definitely not going to get a, uh, even though he was really valuable throughout the game, but the penalties bit him as well, regardless if you think they were BS penalties or not, still, the fact he was penalized does not help, ultimately, in that one, a good game, a winnable game, but unfortunately chalk up a loss on the on the win-loss column, and that's uh, that's too bad. The Vikings go 2-2 two and two 
we go into the bye with a two and two record. We're we're on par. We're on course for either an eight and eight record. It's just crazy how pivotal some of these early games are. The Vikings could have been on course for a twelve and four, which is no guarantee what happened. We're just on pace for it, or on pace for eight and eight. It's just funny how it's how the math is so early in the season. That's just kind of how it goes. So. With that, we're going to hand out the Christian Ponder Award. we got to give it to Blair Walsh because we just have to. You can't keep missing these kicks, and it's getting ridiculous. And, and, and Urban Legend is going to include Blair Walsh also because even though you could kind of put on i I'm going to give it to another guy as well. It's going to be a tie, I guess, for that. But, uh, yeah, Blair Walsh is going to get the Christian Ponder Memorial for um, obviously missing that kick and overcompensating how that's becoming a real mental thing with him. And, of course, the urban legend <laughs> is going to start off with uh, the fact that it got to a point where he's like, oh, thank God, when he made an extra point. Yeah, that's going to miff just about uh, anybody. That's kind of weird, I, I, I think. That's a little weird, but I'm certainly not against thanking God after scoring a touchdown or making a kick, but that was kind of silly. An extra point, it's how nervous he's getting out there, apparently, and frustrated. Um, so that's the urban legend, but the other urban legend is, who's this, uh, expensive tight end that we're supposed to, like, think is so good? Well, he got, he got two catches for seven yards. Yay. That's great. Targeted four times. Kyle Rudolph, I, I don't know, man. I, that's an urban legend for me. I don't know who he is or where, where he came from. He's, he's just out there and that's it, I guess. Hope, uh, hope that, uh, does not become a trend, but disappointing game. He was an urban legend and not up to the, uh. Not quite up to the finances at this point in time, in my humble opinion. So, let's wrap up segment number one. Kind of ran longer than I expected. Hope I didn't ramble too much and annoy you guys out there. Um, yeah, do apologize for that if you think I did. Lots to cover in this game, though. I mean, a lot of things to talk about. So many things, I got confused pretty much talking about them. And I think you would, too. <laughs> Easier said than done, guys. Easier said than done. All right? So... Keep your hate mail somewhere else. Maybe give some constructive criticism if you didn't like it too much. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm a seven-year veteran, damn it. So whatever. We'll be back right after segment number one to preview the Kansas City Chiefs game. And before that, the NFC North Roundup, at least what I'm able to review, or, uh, to review at this point in time. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. 
Segment number two, my favorite. Yes, sir. The preview and, of course, NFC North Roundup. And, of course, I always go with NFC North Roundup first and kind of bounce around in the, with the NFL in general. <sighs> yeah, I like to bounce all over the place. Well, last week's opponent, San Diego, just barely outlasted Cleveland today. 30-27 to in San Diego. Not sure what to make of that. <laughs> New York Giants head to Buffalo and went 24-10. to Hmm. Whoa. 24-10. Damn, twenty-four to ten, New York over Buffalo. Uh, you know this is going to lead me to go astray here for a second. <laughs> and you know it's football; it's football related, so bear with me. And maybe this is one of the reasons why you like the show because I kind of go off into some stuff that's still related to the topic. And yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, there was a you know one of the yearly magazines that comes out and all that such. That uh, I forget if it's Aflon or something like that. I can't remember. And my mind's kind of blank right now. I'm just thinking more about the Viking game today versus all this other stuff. But uh doesn't matter, yearbook type of thing. You know how they make their yearly predictions, like this team's gonna win the division, they're gonna be this one's gonna be in the last, these are the teams that are gonna make the playoffs, these are the teams that can go to the NFC and AFC conference championships and all that stuff and Super Bowl and who's gonna win it. Well, one of them had well, one of them, of course, yeah. This magazine had the uh, Green Bay Packers going to the Super Bowl. I think it was against Baltimore. It was either Baltimore or or, or the Colts or something. Or was it even the Patriots? I can't remember. But it was the Packers winning the NFC and winning the Super Bowl, I do believe, if I remember correctly. Um, but they also had the New York Giants. <laughs> they had the New York Giants making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, enter in, uh, enter that one in right there, right? New York Giants making the playoffs and the Packers going to the Super Bowl? No, uh-uh. I'm sorry, if the New York Giants make the playoffs, they win the Super Bowl. End of story? Done. That's the end of the story, man. Especially if the Green Bay Packers are one of the top favorites in the, in the playoffs. The Giants will beat the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. I'm sorry, it's going to happen. It will happen if the New York Giants make the playoffs. They're like the San Francisco Giants. They make the playoffs. They win the World Series. Regardless, who's hotter than hot? The Kansas City Royals lost by 90 feet. Because no matter how hot they were, they were the hottest team. They were the team on a mission. They were the miracle team to win the World Series last year. But they ran into a dynasty called the New York Giants. Who, or excuse me, the San Francisco Giants. It used to be the New York Giants a billion years ago. Um, whenever they make the playoffs, they win it. Now, the New York Giants are not a dynasty, but when they make the playoffs, and when they play Green Bay in the playoffs, they win. Okay? So, there it is. I've been wanting to get that off my chest for about two or, about, about a month, two months now, two months now since I read that magazine, and I kept forgetting, and of course, because I didn't record, because I was too busy, and then a million things kept coming up, and I just couldn't record, and couldn't record, and couldn't record, and I got that off my chest. If the New York Giants make the playoffs against Green Bay, <laughs> I just got a kick out of that. Okay, I hope you guys didn't mind that it's football related, okay? And it's not the Gophers, who I don't even want to talk about ever because I just don't. Okay, let's stay off of that. What's up with the Washington Redskins? They keep winning. That's weird. How are they winning? Yeah, and it's partially because of the. I don't like to talk about the Packers winning too much. And Chicago won today. Wow, nice. <clears throat> Good for them. I'm glad Baltimore beat Pittsburgh. I'm happy about that. I'll say this right away. Detroit and Seattle don't play until tomorrow night. So once again, the Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings, Detroit <laughs> Lions playing late. I'm sure uh, as much as some of us might have been annoyed and don't like these 3 o'clock games, imagine Detroit Lions fans the past two weeks. 
They had to wait till Sunday night. Now they got to wait till Monday night to watch it. That's got to be a pain in the butt. I like noon games. Let's just watch some football at noontime and then go outside and enjoy what's left of the sunshine. Maybe go for some biking or a bike riding or a walk or, or God knows, smoke a victory cigar, whatever the hell it is with, with uh, just tobacco in it, which I prefer to have a tobacco cigar sometimes after they win. Sometimes. And, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Detroit doesn't get to do that, I guess. The, some Sometimes night games are fun. I don't even want to talk about the Vikings in the nighttime. I, I, I just don't even want to talk about it because it hit us once again this year, obviously, against a team that just sucks. I mean, San Francisco sucks. And, and I like the 49ers, and I loved how they dominated the Green Bay Packers. I mean, is there anything better than that? And it actually made me kind of like the Giants, too, the way they had always beat the, the Packers in the playoffs. and, and then But when they beat the Packers, they'd go and win the Super Bowl, too. Uh, Giant, San Francisco. See, I'm getting really confused with this Giants, New York Giants, San Francisco Giants, San Francisco Niners, and all that. It's really annoying. Uh, Green Bay wins 17 to three in an ugly little game in San Francisco. Just ugly, or or wherever the hell they play. Is it Santa Ana or 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 Santa Maria or Santo Domingo? I don't know where they play. It's Levi Stadium. Yes, sir, and it's fantastic. A uh, 17-3 victory for the Green Bay Packers. And I did pick them to win the game. And we all knew it was going to happen. 4-0 Green Bay. Yay. Isn't that exciting? The Packers are 4-0 in a fairly ugly game. Aaron Rodgers did what he had to do. He completed about 70% of his passes. And yes, God was a Packer fan again this week. (laughs) He likes to poke fun about uh, how Russell Wilson kind of got a little bit too far about that in the uh, NFC Championship game last year. You know? I'm a huge, huge, gigantic Christian. I'm all about <laughs> giving the glory to God when you win and, and all that. But don't make it look like he's only on your team's side, okay? That's probably what Aaron Rodgers was was uh, getting a little bit irritated with. Just a little bit, so he had to poke fun. But Aaron Rodgers pokes fun at everybody. And, uh, well, God was a Packer fan this week, too. And Kaepernick stinks. Just stinks. 52%, 55.4 quarterback rating. All right, Eddie Lacy, that's pretty much all they needed today. Just run the ball, run the clock out, and that's it. San Francisco's offense was non-existent, with the exception of a decent amount of runs by Colin Kaepernick. Carlos Hyde, who looked awfully good against us, I barely even know who he is, and Reggie Bush is an urban legend. One rush, no yards. Reggie Bush? You might be better off with George W. Bush at running back. <laughs> I, I don't know, talk about overrated. And he's had some valuable moments in his career, but mm, I, I don't know. San Francisco sucks, and I, I feel bad. I love Anquan Bolden. I was happy to see him get a ring with Baltimore. would have liked it even more to see him get it with San Francisco the next year, but we know what happened in that NFC title game, and I'm still bitter about it, just a little. One of the ugliest games ever, though. I mean, Green Bay was 5 of 14 on, on third downs. Ugh. Yeah, unwatchable football. And it was going on when the Vikings were on, but I would kind of check it out here and there when possible because, you know, stuff like that. You know, you just kind of keep up with what you can and watch, see highlights and all that. Not a not a real good game to keep up with. Another game that wasn't the prettiest thing, and it was on before the Viking game. Isn't it wonderful? Beautiful little game on, on Fox. Yeah, Fox 9 here in the Twin Cities anyway. The Bears will not go 0-16, so the Detroit Lions cannot pop their uh, champagne. They can't pop champagne until somebody else goes 0-16, because that's the opposite situation. <laughs> no 0-16 for Chicago. They still have a chance at the number one pick, I think. 
I think. Oakland Raiders, to think if they would have won today, they'd have been 3-1. and one. So imagine how they feel right now. Ugh, that's got to sting. Chicago got a touchdown early. Then Oakland started getting some nice... Yeah, they, very quickly in the second quarter, they started scoring. Chicago couldn't even make their their extra point, which is funny. A lot of back and forth, though, in this one. The first two quarters were actually quite entertaining, and then it got kind of grungy and yucky, and Chicago was the better team of these two ugly franchises right now. Derek Carr looks like a decent player and all that, but nothing special yet. He's going to continue developing, I suppose. Jay Cutler was decent, but he had two turnovers in the game. Derek Carr was decent, but had two turnovers in the game. Not necessarily comparing the two, but... Hmm. Chicago was just better. I'm at Forte, luckily playing and playing well for the most part, despite a fumble loss. 91 yards on the ground. Good for him. Ah, boy. Oakland Raiders and Chicago, not the most entertaining game again to watch, but then again, the first half was, wasn't bad. There was, it was a lot of action, but it's like, how val- I mean, how much can you put into that, though? I mean, is it just because they were playing each other that they, that they were that good? I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, though, even though Oakland has some nice defensive players, they didn't look real good against the, the Bears, though. Mm. 22-10, to 10, Chicago wins. They're 1-3. Congratulations to the Bears. They will not be 0-16. And another team that is undefeated and looks unbelievable right now is the Atlanta Falcons. And they certainly don't miss their former coach. That Mike Smith. They do not miss him at all. At all. And I don't know what the hell they were waiting for. And I'm sure he's not the only reason they sucked because their defense was terrible at the time and there were injuries after injuries. But with an offense like that, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan's not clutch. He, I think he might be another Peyton Manning, like a, a billion yards, and maybe he'll squeak out one Super Bowl like Peyton Manning did. All that talent, but not clutch. But at the same time, I mean, they should be winning games and having a shot at a Super Bowl at, at, a Super Bowl at some point. And maybe, maybe they might be the top, the, the toughest competition for Green Bay this year. We'll see. Arizona could not get it done against St. Louis. That was a bummer. Mm. Kansas City sucks. Ha ha for that one. Cincinnati's 4-0. I don't know where that came from. Carolina's 4-0. That's kind of cool. Blah, blah, blah. That's probably enough. I probably should cut it out. Indianapolis is back to 2-2. Two two. A lot of people are picking them to win the Super Bowl this year. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars by 3 points at home. At home. Just to get back to 500. Mm. Don't know about that. New York Jets uh, looking awesome, looking awesome over in London as well. So I pretty much like kind of like chimed in on everybody this time, but uh, more more in depth with the uh, the division stuff. Two ugly games, and that's about it. Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs before I sign off here. I mean, we got to preview this one before I sign off from this segment anyway. <sighs> Kansas City Chiefs, I'm not too impressed. I mean, 36, boy. They gave up 36 points to Cincinnati, who's a decent team. But, geez, mm, 321 yards by uh, Andy Dalton. You'd hope the Minnesota Vikings could uh, have a pretty nice game against those Chiefs. And luckily for the Vikings, it's at home, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's the good news. That's the great news. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings could use a home game against the Chiefs. We almost never win an Arrowhead, and I've never the Vikings win an arrowhead to be quite honest but we almost always beat the Chiefs at home because that's the good thing it's kind of a 500-ish type thing Alex Smith has been okay I mean great numbers and everything but no touchdowns 
not not the not the most exciting thing. No turnovers either. Cincinnati's defense was better than Kansas City's, and that's pretty much the difference here. Alex Smith was sacked five times in the game. Jamal Charles, to me, is still the best player in the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to try to establish the run against us, I'm sure, though Jeremy Macklin is a also a really nice weapon. So Kansas City Chiefs' offense is definitely a bigger threat than their defense at this point in time, I would personally have to say. <laughs> Uh, how how about that team, huh? I, I would have to say that they're, yeah. I mean, their offense is definitely more of a threat. I mean, uh, Alex Smith threw for almost 400 yards today, but couldn't get anybody into the end zone, which was, I'm sure, quite frustrating for them. Cincinnati's got a good defense, though. I mean, to give them credit. It's just still, I mean, just none. You know, and then the defense, Kansas City give, gives up a lot at this point in time. They give up 20 to Houston, and they actually beat them. But then 31 to Denver, 38 to Green Bay, 36 to Cincinnati. That's a pretty tough schedule, though, to be quite fair. Uh, they play Chicago next week before that. They'll probably win that game at home against Chicago. They'll probably win that game. They'll probably score 1,000 points, and Chicago will score a few, too. But coming to, the, coming to TCF, I almost said the Metronome. What the hell? Coming to TCF, I think the Vikings pull this one off, and uh, they need to pull this one off. They need to get to 3-2 and two after the bye. That's uh, Sunday, October the 18th, a noon game. Hallelujah. I'm not sure if it's going to be as chilly as today was, but maybe it'll be more chilly. Who knows? Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater has a nice game. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. <laughs> he should. Put it this way, if Teddy Bridgewater struggles against the Kansas City Chiefs, we're in trouble. I mean, uh, that would that would suck because Andy Dalton looked awesome against them. 71%. He only completed 24 passes. 24. And uh, 321 yards, like I mentioned. That's, uh, that's unbelievable, to be quite honest. One of them was a 55-yarder to Brandon Tate. That's a very familiar name. <laughs> yeah. Brandon Tate. 55-yard completion. But that's not going to really bring your stats up that much. I mean, it's good. It, it helps your stats. And it's not like it was like an 80-yarder or anything or 91, like catch and run type of thing where it really just goats your numbers up. <sighs> Overall, though, yeah, I mean, a defense like Kansas City's right now who's struggling and a team that had a good season just last year, that's certainly not getting it done right now. My biggest fear with Kansas City, I would say, is Jeremy Macklin, Jamal Charles. Uh, obviously, guys like that. I mean, they're going to score some points, I think, against the Vikings. But I do see the Vikings getting to. Uh, <laughs> I do see the Vikings getting to Alex Smith. You know, Everson Griffin, guys like that. Brian Robinson. There's going to be a pass rush on the guy. That's the other good thing. Kansas City's O line certainly not what it used to be years ago. It used to be one of the best in football. Not not anymore. There, there's names on this team, including Hussein Abdullah used to be on the Vikings, but mm, that's not going to get it done. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a big key in the game. Uh, their run defense is better than their pass defense because Cincinnati didn't have all that much on the ground. I mean, they, it was decent. Bernard had uh, 62 yards on the ground. Uh, of course, they didn't have to run that much either because they were winning most of the way. I, uh, what am I talking about? They do, they do want to run. What am I talking about? Yeah, but yeah, they also, they kind of gave it around to Jeremy Hill and such. Yeah, I'm getting backwards here. They do want to run, obviously. But, uh, Kansas City 
pass defense like that, I think that it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. You're going to see Stefan Diggs. I mean, why would you take him out? That would be a horrible mistake. Stefan Diggs, you're going to see him in there. And he's probably going to have a big game. Mike Wallace is probably going to go over the century mark. And he will get another touchdown. I, I do believe he got his first touchdown from Teddy Bridgewater today. That was fantastic to see. He even has hanging on to the football. Really liked what I saw there. I do think, uh, ultimately, Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to get over 300 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs passing. Adrian Peterson will probably wind up with about what he did today, about 81 yards, but it won't take a 48-yard scamper to get it. You're going to see Adrian get the ball when the Vikings are ahead, and you'll probably see Matt Asiata in there pounding away, getting short yardage. That's basically what you're going to see later on in the game because you're going to want to contain Adrian Peterson. I think the Vikings score quite a few points and more than Kansas City. It's going to be something along the lines 31-21. It's going to be more offensive battle than today's game was, despite the fact there was more scoring than some of us expected, 23-20. to That's, uh, I mean, that's not, it's certainly not low scoring. It's like a medium-ish scoring game. Next week, I think the Vikings 31-21 to over the Kansas City Chiefs. Ultimately, you're going to see Teddy Bridgewater have one of those games where he's going to have his way. I, I don't think he's going to be on his back this time around. And and that's good. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. I'm sure Cincinnati's offensive line is better than ours, but still. Teddy Bridgewater is going to... It's going to feel good going against that Kansas City offense two weeks from now versus what he had to put up with today and still almost won the game. As long as he comes out ready to play, the Vikings should be fine. So there it is, 31-21. The key to the game is obviously passing. The passing game from Teddy Bridgewater is what's going to get it done. And... Well, the pass defense, hopefully Xavier Rose will have a better game, less penalties, and less uh, getting snake bit by the referees as well. That would be nice. (laughs) So that's it right there. It's going to all be about the passing game on both sides of the ball, in my humble opinion. And the Vikings' home success against Kansas City does give them a little boost as well. So thank you to the Purple 12th man. That's you, the fans out there that do attend the games. We'll be back for some fan interaction right after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia. Time for the fan interaction. That means it's segment number three. So let's get to it right away. Facebook page. Simply look up Purple Mafia Show, Minnesota, or Purple Mafia Show, Minnesota Vikings Show on, on Facebook. I don't know why it says show twice. Apologize for that. But look up that in the search bar and click on the one that says company, not group. Company, not group. So there you go. Uh, I always start back with... Uh, because now I, now I have a place to start back from, unlike before where it was like months in between the previous show, uh, where I post the newest show is out. So people comment in there sometimes saying they liked it or hated it or whatever. <laughs> Ultimately, no, people don't say they hate it. Uh, Justin Mayer Henry was saying how at first it wasn't working. And, oh yeah, how it was the same audio as uh, episode 194. And that's true. So I made a mistake in there somewhere and I do apologize. And I was able to correct it and get her up there. Justin saying, never mind on the main page, but it's on the same when you click on the episode number. Gives the correct audio. Um, yep, so everything is good now. 
We got it all ready to roll. Mark Carlson was saying, woohoo! And Dave Hickey also was saying, it was another great show, Joey. Wish I could have commented. I'll be sure to get in the next week's show, Skull Vikings. And thank you very much, Dave. It's wonderful to have you on board indeed. Both of those guys are from Iowa. Justin Mayer Henry is actually from Colorado. Um, I think he was here for a while, but I, 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 that's up to him, I guess, on that one. Uh, posted the in-game thread. That's usually just kind of conversation for all of us in there. A few comments here on the Facebook page. Justin Mayer Henry saying, Tell Walsh to find a seat next to Scobie. And that's, yep, the guy, missing, Josh Scobie, missing all those field goals. Such a disappointing loss. A game we could have easily won, and I agree completely, which you did here in the previous segments there, especially the first one, of course. Love the face mask call that should have happened since Thomas was doing the same thing at the same time. Living in Colorado makes this one sting so much more. And ain't it, ain't it the truth? And there's a couple more after that. Yep, Mark Carlson was saying he likes uh, the flag background on Justin Mary Henry's Facebook page. And Justin's saying made that in Photoshop. So, yeah, it's very cool indeed. Mark Carlson, again from Iowa, saying, Holy cow, close game. <laughs> this team is playing at its best in years. I'm serious. Every man and every play, except for Walsh, who I nominate for the Christian Ponder Memorial. Yep, and he got it. Congratulations, Mark. <laughs> he got the Christian Ponder Memorial. Yep, and you're caught up on that because I changed that last show to... The, from Tavares Jackson. Yep, it's official. Oh boy, indeed, it was a close game. And yeah, I do agree. That's a that's interesting how you say it was the best in years. You're serious, yeah? Because 2012, the Vikings did make the playoffs and everything, and it was cool to see them make it. But Christian Ponder was the quarterback, and and the defense was kind of well. It was stay at home, and it, you could just sense there was something fishy about that defense. That it was okay, but. Eh, it was just okay, and that it was going to unravel, and it was going to be vanilla and such, and that's kind of Frazier in a nutshell right there. Uh, there's some replies after that. Dave Hickey was saying, Walsh certainly has been disappointing. I can't believe he's struggling so much after his rookie campaign. I think most of it is in his head. Yep, and I don't know if bringing someone in for competition would do him good or not. It's great to have Joey back, though, isn't it? Uh, yep, thank you very much, Dave. And Mark saying, it's great to have Joey back. I don't understand Walsh. Maybe we should try to deflate the ball. Yep. <laughs> uh, try to deflate the ball. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I guess it works. Um, they, they might come back to, to the, <laughs> the Patriot haters, which I'm, I don't think Mark is. No, I don't think so. Uh, might come back to the Patriot haters out there. They didn't need a deflated ball, and they still beat the Seattle Seahawks, who everybody thinks is like God's... God's blessed team right now, <laughs> including uh, including <laughs> including Russell Wilson. Okay, Dave Hickey saying the Vikes came up came up a little short, but at least they showed up. Unlike their terrible showing on Monday Night Football, and this was the number one defense in the NFL. I didn't pick us to win in my weekly pick 'em, but that was yep, and I didn't either. That was one I would have been happy to lose. <clears throat> Anyways, it's great to hear you on the air again, Joey. I surely missed you while you were out. Take care. And take care of your beautiful new wife. Uh, one other comment that I need to make is even after a loss, this coaching staff has, has my total support going forward. I believe we were two years away from competing for a Super Bowl before this season started. But if they can keep their player and coaching staff together in the next couple of years, we can possibly do it. This next year for sure, and maybe even this year. 
if we can get hot at the right time and with a little help from outside sources like an injury to Rodgers. I hate to see players get hurt, but I can't stand Rodgers. And that would be a sweeter to beat him on the field to do it. Then we could shut then we could shut them fudge packers up for a while. One last thing, we need to sign Harry the Hitman long term now. Uh-huh, I agree on that one. Brett McCarthy saying I like where this team is going. Never give up. Going in the right direction. Yep, I love that. And Justin Justin Fox saying um Tough loss. Proud to be a Vikings fan. Yep, I agree, John. Uh, John Fox. Yep, I'm sorry. I don't know if I said Justin. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, I, I'm proud to be a Viking fan too. It was a really solid game, and the future looks extremely bright. And it looks long term this time, not like a you know smoke and mirrors like the 2012 season. It was all about smoke and mirrors, and even 2009 was smoke and mirrors because it was just a one year wonder type thing anyway. Even though there was nothing surprising per se just uh, wasn't what we what we thought so let's try to switch over to the twitter account if humanly possible <laughs> i don't know what i'm waiting for right it's like i'm sleeping on the job here i thought i had it and i didn't have it there we go <laughs> well by the way i might as well tell you how to get there it's at purple mafia show at purple mafia show it's that simple. Just go there and give it a follow. Be greatly, greatly appreciated. Not sure there's too much on here. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, really cannot face this. It was... Where in the world is it? Okay, it's not too much. Uh, here we go. Yep, today Brown was saying, yay, you're back. Yep, he was really excited that the show is finally back. And, yep, thank you very much. And there were retweets and favorites, even from Vikings Football, which is, um, I, uh, it's a Facebook page out there and, and a Twitter that uh, does a lot of blogging for the Minnesota Vikings. Kevin from Wisconsin was his name. Uh, yeah, we, we used to tweet back and forth a lot. Uh, we, we still do, though, and apparently he listens, which is really cool. Mad Martin, also known as uh, Dave Martin, saying, <laughs> and it's, uh, yep. He says, good to see you back. Limited Wi-Fi where I'm staying. Not been able to download the podcast yet. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand saying it's going to be a long day if this keeps happening. And that was all those sacks. And it was just nonstop. There was no protection. No protection at all. And I was saying, now that's something I'm afraid of. Yep, and I had fun with the whole, you know, the whole nationwide is on your side. And I was like, Peyton Manning is so old. So I, I had to do that. Uh, Dave Martin saying, still not round, not, still not got round to the last podcast yet in, in Scotland there, and internet is not good. Hope all is good with your steaming game, just, hmm. He says, all good here, love, love that sack, like what I'm seeing from our boys, and that was from, that one was from Brian Robinson at the time, and that's about it. So no post game stuff on Twitter. I probably should have. I probably should encourage that more than I have been, and I do apologize for that. So there it is. No Collins that I know of, and if there are, I'll have to put them on the next show. I apologize. Just wanted to get this one out tonight. Uh, managed to get it out, even though it was a later game. Just wanted to manage time a certain way this week. Just it's just how it goes. It's, it's easier to get things done. Um, so sometimes on these later games, I probably won't take calls. But, I mean, I'll just have to move them to the next show. And usually if it's a noon game, if you can call in by 6 p.m.-ish or so, I'll most likely be able to get it in on time and things will be ready to rock and roll. 
And there you go. It's that simple. The phone line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into. It is Purple Mafia. And statement, shout out, comment, whatever it is. You're welcome to be on the show. As long as it's related to the Minnesota Vikings and Purple Mafia, it would be greatly appreciated. And there you go. So, again, I do think the Vikings will beat the Kansas City Chiefs two weeks from now. So that means no Purple Mafia next week because it is the bye week. There'll be no Minnesota Vikings next week. And I'm never doing a bye week show again. I only did it once way back in my very first season covering the show. And it was a complete waste of freaking time. <laughs> like nobody listened to it. So, you know, some people do that. Maybe they get listeners. I, I don't know. And yes, it was my first year. But me, with my schedule, I might as well step away. And yeah, that's kind of, I know, it's like, sure, I've been, I was away all those weeks and such. What the hell is that, right? But it's going to be a busy football season. Got to take the break when I can. And, well, I guess we'll just root against the Packers. Hopefully we can catch up to them. And hopefully the Chiefs, uh, (laughs) hopefully the Chiefs don't look too good this coming week either. We'll just have to see where things go with that. I believe, yeah, they're playing the Chicago the Chicago Bears. And they'll probably win that one. They'll waste their win there, and we'll take care of them the next week. So until then, I want to wish all of you a wonderful week off, I suppose, even though I'm sure you don't like it. And I'll just try to get caught up on Brave the Wild and Timberwolves' explosion in the process. Why not? <laughs> Got those seasons getting started, which is really, really exciting for me as well. So until two weeks from now, going to bid adieu, and God bless. Stay warm, stay cool, whatever it is. Take care. We'll be back soon.